Hey Goal Getters, this is Kristen Guile, and you're about to listen to an interview I did with Olivia Rogine of Girls Night In. Olivia is the community and experiences lead for Girls Night In, which is an email newsletter that shows up on Fridays and is dedicated to self-care and the joy of staying in. So her job is to take the digital community of Girls Night In from online to offline by bringing them together in real life experiences like book club and more to come in 2019. We talked a lot about self-care, obviously, and Olivia revealed a time when she actually totally failed at self-care. And ironically enough, it came when she was just starting to get more involved in Girls' Night In. So we talked about what self-care looks like when it is a part of a goal-setting routine and how self-care can be a goal in and of itself and how self-care can help you when it comes to setting, achieving, and going after those big, hairy, audacious goals. We also took some time to speak a little bit about the importance of what we call boring self-care when Olivia talked about how one of her major goals this year is to pay down her student loan debt. Um, And we talked about what self-care looks like for people who maybe don't have the money to spend on face masks and bubble baths and who don't have the time for those long drawn out skincare rituals and, you know, all the other self-care tropes that we see on the internet. And it's a really interesting conversation and Olivia is a delight. So without further ado, here I am with Olivia Rogine. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not a friend. Welcome to We Got Goals. My name is Kristen Guile. And today I am chatting with Olivia Rogine. She is the community and experiences lead of Girls Night In. And if you're not familiar with Girls Night In, you should be. It is a weekly email newsletter that comes out on Friday mornings, and it's all dedicated to self-care and the joy of staying in on a Friday night. Olivia, how are you? Good. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. No problem. Uh, I am super excited to have you. I've been a fan of Girls Night In for the past several months now and have enjoyed watching you guys get more and more media coverage and building this thing from a simple email newsletter to a true community of women around the world who appreciate a night of self-care, whatever that looks like. So I'm super excited to chat, especially considering that our podcast focus on We Got Goals this month is all about community. And that is what you do every single day is build the community and curate the experiences of the Girls Night In community. So we are so excited to have you on. Let's start off by just learning a little bit about you. So if you could just give me the 411 on Olivia and what has brought you to this point with your job at Girls Night In. And bonus points if you can work in the answer to our first question, which is telling us about a goal that you've had in the past and why it was so important to you. Sure. Um, Thanks so much. So to be quite honest, my path hasn't necessarily been linear to get me to this point. And I think it may not make a ton of sense to someone on the outside, but I've always found the common thread that's tied all of my personal and professional experiences together is this sense of community and the power of coming together around a common cause. So I think it actually makes most sense to bring it back to where I grew up. Um, And so I actually grew up in a really small town in upstate New York in Rhinebeck. Um, And it's the kind of place where everyone knows everything. So from the get-go, I always had this sense of community and and what a tight-knit community meant. 
Um, and I was, of course, grateful for the fact that I was privileged enough to be raised in such an environment. But I think it really, from the beginning, gave me this idea of what a community could look like. Um, and in the rural setting of my upbringing, I had a passion for agriculture at a really young age. I, I worked on a farm. I milked goats, picked apples the whole oh nine God. yards. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of people expect to hear that from me. No, <laughs> um, but what I soon learned is what I liked so much about food went beyond eating. It was a tool to unite and gather people. And that's something I really built upon in my undergraduate and graduate studies. Um, I actually landed in D.C. because I studied international development and social change with a concentration in food systems and food security. And when I came to D.C. and started working at a nonprofit um, that was focused on hunger and homelessness um, and reducing food insecurity in the city, I really realized that, you know, while this was of such interest to me and really important to my personal values, I was really good at the events and community building portion of it all. Um, and I think that's what really sparked my interest from the get-go of food. Um, and I still love to cook. Uh, it's still a passion I have. Um, but that common thread through all my experiences was community. Um, and actually, speaking of food, um, on your first question, a, a goal I've had in the past um, was to get on top of my fitness. Um, there's so many professional goals that I valued and thought were important to me just a few years ago, and it's pretty amazing to think how much those goals have changed. I've really reevaluated and redefined goals and became okay with the fact that changing my plans doesn't mean that I've failed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and all of that to say, I haven't really achieved a lot of my professional goals yet, and that's totally okay. I think on the personal front, what I can say I've accomplished is that fitness portion. Um, and so a step I've taken to accomplish that um, is actually finding a workout that I really love. I was struggling for so long to find something that struck a chord with me. Um, and my workout now that I, I do almost every day is 305 Fitness, and it's kind of a fun dance have cardio class. With before, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, it's, be it's honest, a party. Do you, have, do you have any rhythm? Like, were you predisposed <laughs> to be good at dancing already? Okay, yes. Um, I actually grew up <laughs> dancing um, and was on a dance team in college as well. And I, I think like, of course, you know, everyone says it makes sense that you love 305, but I'm not a good dancer. I've taken so many of my friends there that have two left feet and they've had a blast um, and they're probably going to listen to this and get mad at me. <laughs> um, but I think 305 actually does an incredible job at building inclusive and diverse community. And I think beyond the workout, that's what really struck a chord with me when I first took a 305 class, because I think so many fitness uh, group workout classes say, you know, we're inclusive and diverse and, you know, we're a family. Um, but I didn't feel that necessarily until sure. I took a 305 class. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, especially group fitness. I know they want to build that community mindset, but a lot of times you do feel like you are part of a competition, whether it is with the person next to you or with yourself. Whereas I can see 305 Fitness being a lot more about like the joy of movement and, you know, fueling off of the energy in the room. Exactly. Can't agree more. Yeah. Well, I know that you probably get asked all the time what your self-care routine looks like, but, and while I would love to talk about like face masks and bubble baths and <laughs> all those stereotypical things all day, I would actually be more interested to hear, has there ever been a time where you like totally failed at self-care? Like let yourself burn out, let yourself get too far down something 
and what happened with that? And how did that sort of affect your relationship with self-care afterwards? Absolutely. Um, Ironically enough, I think it was when I was becoming more involved with Girls Night In. So just to rewind a little bit, um, I have been currently in my full-time role for about two months now, but I've been part-time with Girls Night In for two years. Oh, wow. Um, And that was on top of my full-time job. So when I transitioned to my previous role, I knew it was going to take over my life. I was doing um, live journalism events for a large media company um, and really from the get-go wanted to identify a way that I could better take care of myself and my wellness before I embarked on this like really chaotic full-time position. Um, and in that, I found Girls Night In, which was so exciting. And I cold emailed Alicia, um, our founder, mm-hmm. and just wanted to see how I could get involved. And that kind of spiraled into a, a part-time hustle. Um, and that side hustle has been so fun. But I think there was a certain point where I realized that I found Girls Night In to try to identify ways that I could take care of myself and better focus on self-care. And all of a sudden, I had a full-time job that I was working, you know, like sometimes all night on Mm -hmm. um, and this part-time job that I loved. But in that, I really lost my the initial mission of finding a self-care routine for myself. Um, And that's when I decided to step back a little bit from Girls Night In um, and minimize my involvement. And luckily, all of that coincided at the uh, just a few months ago at my full-time role. Uh, It's interesting that you bring up how like you had to think more about self-care as you were ironically getting more involved with self-care. That's something that happens to (laughs) us at A Sweat Life a lot. You know, we're all about health and wellness and fitness as a way to live your best life. But a lot of the times, like, we really struggle with getting our own workouts in or with like actually breaking a sweat. And so we are constantly trying to remind ourselves, we always say around the office, the shoemaker has to have shoes. (laughs) That's sort (laughs) of our like our key phrase (laughs) is a way of saying like, maybe you should leave the office and go do something else for a while. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, So Girls Night In is all about self-care and your role focuses on community, which I'm interested because I've always thought of self-care as like a super individualized, mostly solo activity. And that might just be because I view myself as an introvert, but how do you sort of view the crossover between a self-care brand and an actual community? Yeah, that's a great question. So my role at Girls Night In is to dream up ways to bring the brand to life through immersive and intimate experiences, all while creating opportunities to spark those meaningful and deep connections within our community. And that being said, I think you're completely right. Um, so often we're finding readers, you know, loving their nights in um, alone and sometimes with a friend, sometimes with a few. And I think social media and Instagram, of course, has really Uh, brought our community together around this idea of how you can self-care with your friends um, and how you can not only take care of yourself, but take care of each other through the action of self-care. So one of my favorite activities, you know, yeah, it might be self-care alone, face masking, as you said, but often it is with other people. It's kind of having those meaningful conversations, maybe around a movie night um, or an activity that we're really finding Um, a way to gather and build their connections with one another. 
Um, so I think uh, actually my colleague, Tyler Calder, who heads up our editorial and content at Girls Night In, she's done a fantastic job at managing our social media and making people feel like their experiences are seen. Um, and through our Instagram account, I think people have felt more validated, like, oh, I'm not the only one that maybe I had a self-care night in alone, or I had a bunch of friends over and, you know, we did our own girls night in. Um, and she just like does a wonderful job at uh, curating that platform and viewing all of the experiences that our community does have. Because I think, you know, self-care is not a, a one note experience. It's really a journey for everyone. Yeah. And that ties in perfectly to something else I know I wanted to ask you about. Knowing that Girls Night In has grown out of a email newsletter, I write the email newsletters for Sweat Life, and I a lot of times I feel like I am like shouting into a canyon, and like maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll get an echo back, like maybe someone will reply, but also I am likely to just get dead silence, which is just you know part of the medium when you're doing a one way communication. So, mm -hmm. how did you approach that challenge of taking a digital community, even one that is as engaged as the Girls Night In community and bringing it to those real life experiences. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to say, I can't take too much credit from uh, the beginning of it. I think our founder, Alicia Ramos, has done an incredible job at being authentic and honest with the GNI readers since day one, which has created an incredible platform for those in-person experiences. Mm -hmm. And that realness and authenticity has created a safe space for our community and really laid the groundwork for a lot of our in-person engagement. Um, and so I'm not sure if you're familiar, but GNI actually has nine book clubs across the country and in Canada. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a really fun way to bring the online to offline. Um, mm -hmm. So we identify a book that we're reading uh, every month and we share that with the community, encourage them to read along with us. And then at the end of the month, um, each of these respective cities gather members of the Girls' Night In community uh, for meetups. And that's really strengthened our readers' sense of community each and every month. And I think there's so much that's to come with Girls' Night In. Um, now that I'm on board, we're going to have a lot more fun experiences uh, in real life. So I'm excited for that. Um, so there's lots to come. And when you talk about the book club, do a lot of people show up by themselves? Do they come with a friend? And for those that do show up alone, how do you sort of make them feel welcome right off the bat. I know that's a challenge when strangers from the internet meet in real life. Absolutely. That's such a good point. Um, I think from the beginning, we had a lot of people showing up alone because when the newsletter was so new and the mm -hmm. book clubs were so new, um, initially it wasn't as well known. So maybe friends were reading and not even sharing it with one another. Um, but something I found when I was actually a DC book club um, a few years ago, is that so many people sparked those relationships in person. And that's what we want to see. You know, two strangers came to the book club, and they're leaving together and making plans for next week. Um, and I think there's such a wonderful way that we've seen those relationships develop over the years, which now like people are bringing their coworkers mm -hmm. and coming with those friends that they've made at Girls Night In. And I think you're completely right in the sense that creating a welcoming space is what's facilitated that. Um, so all of our book club hosts uh, go through an onboarding process um, and ensure that they know how to accurately welcome people and facilitate 
um, those connections, even if people are quiet and, and not doing it by themselves. That arc sort of reminds me of what we've been through with our events. So for Sweat Life, we host monthly events called Sweat Working, where the point is to try a new workout and make a new friend. Mm. And similar to Alicia, it sounds like uh, our founder, Gina, is the one who stands up at the beginning of each event, calls it to order. And uh, one of her first things that she makes everyone do is spend two minutes finding someone they've never met before and chatting with them. Um, and that's something that's like really become a part of our brand because a lot of people did used to show up to our events alone. And now our community has grown to the point where we also have our group of ambassadors. And I love the idea of empowering your ambassadors and your book club leaders to help welcome others and um, to help make sure that the environment is as friendly and warm as it could be. And I know you work a lot with the Girls Night In ambassadors as well, right? The insiders. Yes, yes. So I manage um, our Girls Night In Insider community, and I work with our book club hosts. So that's kind of um, under the umbrella of the community side of my role. So what do you think makes a community like strong and close-knit and have those intangible qualities? Like what tangible things can you do to make sure a community is welcoming? Great question. Um, I've always felt really strongly that the most important thing in building a community is identifying that common ground and cultivating inclusivity and empathy because without that common understanding, a community is just a group of strangers. Um, <laughs> so I've always found that making those introductions and finding where people have commonalities um, and introducing different community members to one another and saying, oh, you actually work in the same space um, and ensuring that people feel welcome and and welcomed into that warm environment is super crucial. I love that. We're big on goal setting at A Sweat Life to kind of switch gears. And back when it was, you know, January, the new year, new goals, we kept hearing our readers and our community say that this was the year they wanted to prioritize self-care. So say someone wants to make self-care a goal for themselves. Would you have any advice to someone who's starting to explore their own self-care routine and someone who wants to make it a goal? Absolutely. I think when we're all running at 100 towards a big goal and striving to be at our best for everything and everyone, it's really easy to burn out. Um, if you're going to be successful, you need to ensure you're giving your goal your all, but also taking time to rest, refocus, and recharge. And you're never going to get there if you're running on empty, right? Um, Absolutely. So personally, I've found that self-care is a perfect way to get my mind and body right so I can achieve those goals I've set out for myself. Um, and if listeners are trying to take steps to make self-care a goal in of itself, I think it's important to note that self-care, as you said at the top of this podcast, it's going to look different for everyone. And it can look different for each person at any given time, too. So one step that I suggest everyone take who's striving for a better state of self-care is to carve out some self-care time every week. It can be low commitment, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever works for you. And this time has become pretty sacred for me. I recently implemented this into my own calendar. Yes. Um, and sometimes I use it to practice, yeah, my skincare routine, but other times I use it to budget or to meditate. And it's all about listening to myself and what I need in that given moment. And there's definitely a misconception that self-care and wellness are this state of being, but I've found that it's a fluid journey of trial and error and continual practice. And this time has really allowed me to do that. 
I love that you mentioned blocking it off on your calendar because like, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people are a sweat life team lives and dies by their calendar. So it, it's not real <laughs> until it's on the calendar. And when I was thinking about self-care as a goal, I was like, well, if it were any other goal, I would approach it with the stereotypical SMART acronym, you know, like specific, measurable, achievable, realistic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but is that too, I don't know, too detailed or a little too analytic for self-care? Do you, it sounds sort of like you think that like, no, you do have to plan for it. It's not something that just happens. Oh, I think honestly, whatever works for you. I, I have never attributed a specific goal to my self-care routine, but honestly, that's something I could try. Um, yeah. I think that this time that I've carved out recently was one step towards maybe a larger self-care goal. Um, something I've been really trying to do more of is meditate. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something I'm really bad at naturally. Um, so maybe that's my next self-care goal. Yeah. Uh, are there any new trends in self-care that you are super excited about right now or that your team is seeing more of um, coming from like your readers and your community? Yeah, and it's probably going to sound a little out there, um, but crystals and tarot card readings is something I've always just been super curious and intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my first tarot deck, I think, three years ago. Um, and I've definitely started to use it more and more um, and integrate potentially crystals into my practice. Um, and I think, yes, it's trendy. And yes, it means uh, something different to everyone. But I've just found it's a really nice time to reflect. Yeah, I think those, um, I don't know, conduits maybe is the right word. Mm-hmm. Those, those uh, tools sort of provide the space for you to explore different ideas about yourself. Um, even if they're not like necessarily guiding your choices, I feel like using those crystals and those tarot cards asks the questions that you can then reflect on and answer. So it, it's only as woo-woo as you make it. I exactly, think. exactly. Um, let's, let's go ahead and hit that second question that we ask everybody. Uh, tell us about a goal that you have for the future and why it's important to you and how will self-care fit in as you strive for that goal? Uh, that's a tough one. So <laughs> honestly, paying off my student loans no, and becoming, huge. yeah, it, it's huge, literally and figuratively, um, and becoming just financially stable with my debt. I think I have had so many big dreams, but the looming reality of those goals and why they not, may not be feasible because of my student loan debt is so real. Um, and a step I'm actively taking to actually hold myself accountable is a monthly budget. And it seems so minor, but mm-hmm. I've kind of winged it in the past and just ensured that I was paying my bills and then my minimum monthly payment on my loans. But in reality, I had no real plan until very recently. And it's a constant work in progress. But to be frank, I think starting my career off in the nonprofit sector did not help my financial situation. Sure. And I don't regret any of that because I think every step of my journey is what landed me where I am today. But it's undeniable that there's some irony in the fact that I was fighting towards equality and social justice, uh, but I was also being unable to take steps towards my own social mobility and financial independence. Um, So that's definitely a big goal for me. And how self-care might fit in, ugh a great one. I I think I just like need self-care to say sane because what one of the biggest stressors in my life is my looming debt. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think it's just so important to talk about more openly because I think so many 
people are struggling with this and are not being honest about um, what they've gone through financially. And I think it's just like very important to discuss. Um, so I think a, a form of self-care is just like sometimes venting to my friends um, and just making sure that I'm being honest with them about it so I can actually de-stress uh, how I'm feeling on the inside. Yeah, I, I love that. And I hear what you're saying so hard. Um, I, we are thinking a lot about finance right now in our community as well. We actually we're recording this on a Friday, and yesterday we just released our slate of events for Equal Pay Day. So we'll be doing oh, wow. a lot of different events in different cities around the country. Unfortunately, not D.C. this year, but oh, we'll have bummer. to set it up for next year. <laughs> um, but we're talking about money a lot during the month of April and you know how to know your worth and how to negotiate. And I think one of the biggest things with money and self-care a lot of the time is that the anticipation of opening up that credit card statement is mm-hmm. a lot worse than not knowing if that makes sense. I might've messed up how I said that, but the point is like, the point is like by just ripping that bandaid off and looking and keeping yourself informed, like you're already miles ahead of if you had just kept your head in the sand, which is um, how I try to think about my finances. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather check my statements every day and know what's going on than Mm -hmm. um, be scared of that. Um, Absolutely. And I think for so long, my mentality was ignorance is bliss. Um, And as long as I don't know about it, I'm not worried about it. Um, And I think finally, I I had to face the music and really get down to the numbers and and see where I was at. And honestly, I felt feel so much better since then. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciate that you said talking honestly about your friends and like, sort of setting those boundaries um, with what you maybe can and cannot do on any given weekend. Um, For sure. I I know that, you know, I don't know how much most of my friends make. I have guesses, but uh, that doesn't change the fact that we all still have this same friendship and the same, you know, bond, but it does affect how our lifestyles vary from person to person. And it's, it's just an interesting time to be where I think people really are trying to switch that conversation to be more open, especially among women, but we're still still working on it a little bit. Absolutely. And I'm curious too, I know something that comes up in the topic of self-care a lot is privilege and how a lot of the self-care that people maybe post about most on Instagram or on social media is, you know, the stuff that costs money, like the the $15 mm-hmm. sheet mask or, you know, the expensive bath bomb and, you know, all of that stuff. What are some of your favorite um, free self-care ideas? Love that. Um, And I think just the topic that you alluded to is something that at Girls Night In, we're trying to be so conscious of. Because even on our own team, there's this pressure of trying out new products um, and and discovering kind of new recs for our readers. And in that, it is a cost. Um, So we feel it too. And it's something that we're always trying to be cognizant of because privilege definitely exists in this idea of, yes, you can take time out of your day to carve out self-care and that in of itself is a privilege. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we're definitely trying to address um, in every newsletter and every kind of topic that we tackle, um, and especially in our interviews that um, are on the editorial side of things. But some of my my freebies, which I love, um, honestly, like Netflix and chill. I love a good movie. Um, (laughs) And something that I've really been enjoying are just board games with my partner. And I know, yes, the initial cost is there, but it's like, 
yeah, we maybe put $15 down in the beginning, but like mm-hmm. we play board games almost every night now, which oh is really fun. That's too adorable. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very fun. Um, and I feel a little too old because of it. But <laughs> um, and I, I also think uh, yoga at home, that's always been like a really fun one for me. There's mm-hmm. so many good tutorials on the internet that you can find if you can't go to a class and or want to save the money. Yeah. We uh, just released our big state of fitness survey. So every year we do a giant survey for our readers and gather the results. And this year we published it into a big, pretty infographic. And one of the trends we saw actually was that people are spending less and less on fitness each month, but proportionally they're spending more on like that on demand or they're spending more time using those digital alternatives like those at-home yoga flows. So I think being money conscious is sort of an underlying theme of everyone uh, in our readership and probably in that girls night in community as well. Absolutely. Um, I also wanted to go back quickly and say like when it comes to the low or free self-care ideas, you hinted earlier that sometimes you use your own self-care for what I call life administration tax tasks, <laughs> like just the budgeting or the making the grocery list or like doing that boring self-care that actually does make a difference. And Mm -hmm. that's just something that I sort of wanted to ask if that's what the girls night in community is aware of. And like you guys obviously are thinking about like the boring stuff too, not just the pretty Instagram friendly self-care routines. Absolutely. Um, A big thing for me that on the life administration side of things, as you said, uh, that I love to tackle during self-care time is meal planning because I find cooking so therapeutic. I really like to use some of my self-care time um, to actually think about what am I cooking this week? Um, What do I want to get in my body? And, you know, nourishment is also a form of self-care. But yeah, we're always talking about that because as I said earlier, I really don't think, you know, self-care has to be so one note. Um, It's not just a face mask. It's not just a skin routine. You you define it, what it means for you. Yeah. I love that. And I love that uh, the cooking and the nourishment is part of your self-care since it seems that's so close to how you grew up and the values that you nurtured uh, when you were growing up in that small town in upstate New York. <laughs> All right. I'll leave you with one last question. It is a Friday night. How are you spending it? In oh, or out? So in because I am managing the social media this weekend. <laughs> oh, you're on call. <laughs> I'm on call this weekend. Um, but tomorrow night, I feel like I'm having a low-key out night. Um, I am going to this BYOB pottery studio with my friend. That sounds um, like a dream so come true. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, we're going to have a glass of wine and paint some pottery, and it's going to be great. So a little bit more of a low-key weekend for me. That sounds good, especially it is St. Patrick's Day weekend as we record this, and I think <laughs> it's a great idea to maybe avoid all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it looks a little different in Chicago than it does in D.C., though. It, it, it's very green and very drunk, but <laughs> it is fun at certain stages of your life. Um, Olivia, thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm going to ask you two more things. Where can we find Girls' Night In on the internet? Good question. So if you go to our website, girlsnightinclub.com, you can subscribe to our newsletter there. And as you mentioned earlier, it comes out every Friday. So it's like a hug in your inbox. Oh. Um, and on Instagram, you can find me at Olivia Claire R and Girls Night In Club at Girls Night In Club. 
Awesome. Well, and I will make sure to link to all of those in our post and in our show notes so that our listeners can find you guys easily. And then what if our listeners want to get involved with Girls Night In in real life? Where are you guys located and like your book clubs and uh, what's the best way to meet you guys in person? Great question. I'm so glad you asked. So if you go to our website at the bottom, there's a little tab that says book club and there it displays all of our cities that we're currently in. And if we're not in your city, you can actually fill out a form to potentially become a host down the line when we're ready to expand. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to checking out a Chicago book club soon. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Olivia. Thank you. Have a good one, Kristen. Have a good one. Yeah, I said I'll be on a road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please, share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would really appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guest this week, Olivia Rogine, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and of course, to you, our listeners. 